1: Broadway and Battery. You're listening to Damon Bruce and Ray
2: Ratto on 95.7 mm. The Game. All right, welcome in. Good Tuesday afternoon to you, John Dickinson. Joined by Larry Kruger this afternoon. Is uh, hey, hey. We lead you up to Warriors basketball tonight, right here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors and the Charlotte Hornets. Larry, yeah, we we've, we've known each other for a long time. A I long think this time. is we we couldn't quite figure if it was the second or the third. I think it's
0: the third show.
2: We've done together.
3: Third show of me and J.D. Well, I, you know, J.D., it's always great to uh, to see you, man. We've talked many times on the Niner pregame because yeah. you're our boots on the ground, trusted reporter from inside the stadium with me and Low. But, yeah, this might be
2: our third show all time. I'm excited, man. Yeah, look, see looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, we'll be doing that again here on, on New Year's Day as I'll be in Vegas for the for the Niners and the Raiders. That's going to be uh, a lot of fun, quite the experience there, and uh, a lot to get into over the next four hours. Peter King's going to join us, as he does each and every week in this slot here on 95.7. Again, 3 o'clock for Peter King, so he's coming up in an hour. Anthony Slater of The Athletic as well is going to join us coming up at, at 4 o'clock. Covers the Warriors, obviously. We'll, we'll talk about everything going on with the Dubs as they try and find their way without Steph Curry. Game 2 of the 8-game road trip is, is coming up here as well. Or 8-game homestand, rather. <laughs> Good thing for the Warriors it's not a road trip. Right. They've played on the road and able to beat the Grizzlies the other night at home. So they still you know showing that they can do it maybe even without Steph Curry. But you look at Tonight and Lamelo Ball coming in, and James Wiseman playing a little bit more of late, at least more effectively. The last couple of games at thirty, the final game of the road trip in Brooklyn, he has no points or field goal attempts in the game against Memphis. But the Warriors really pleased with his defense and his impact on the game. And in eight minutes, that seem more meaningful than that the thirty point game in Brooklyn. But it raises the question, just kind of off the top here. LaMelo was picked number three. Wiseman was picked number two. The Hornets come in among the worst teams in the NBA. A lot of that is LaMelo being hurt, but uh, Warriors make a mistake. I mean, it's always fun to kind of reevaluate drafts as as years go on and uh, just how things played out. You know, it's so funny because we're talking
3: about this today because... Today is one of those days that, you know, you get those Christmas presents and then people like, you know, well, I love it. Thank you, Dad. Oh, I've been dreaming for this. You know, two days later, you ask the wife, hey, where's, uh, where's the little guy? Oh, he went to the store to return that gift that you got him. Great. Yeah, everybody's returning gifts at this point. It's buyer's remorse, people, or even gifters' remorse, I guess, or giftees' remorse. But yeah, I, I, I don't know how you had uh, Wiseman and Edwards and LaMelo ranked in that draft, Um I I guess I'm I'm the most surprised. I'm surprised a little bit by all three. I I liked Edwards as a scorer, and obviously he's just been awesome, especially the second half of last year. I thought Lamelo was going to struggle more, JD, with a shot. I thought he was going to be an all pass, no no shooting kind of a guy. He's taken a lot more threes this year, and he, his shot looks pretty good. And it's obviously coming on. And then Wiseman, of course, has been um, you know disappointing. If you thought it was going to happen overnight, and I guess maybe not disappointing if you if you really felt it was going to be a long range play. Um, I, I, I was saying, I was saying this to Steinmetz as they were walking out. If you're one of those guys, JD who was like the Warriors had to trade Monte Ellis um, to clear up, you know, you know, shots and time and space for, for Steph Curry and Klay Thompson back in the day when they traded Monte for Bogut. Then how can you really question taking of Wiseman here when you had, you know, Jordan Poole and Steph Curry playing on the ball And you didn't have a chance at Edwards, so it's really a LaMelo versus Wiseman. Who Did they make the right call? Did they make the wrong call? How do you say, oh, yeah, they had to trade Monte for Bogut, but then say, oh, they blew it by drafting Wiseman instead of LaMelo?
2: Yeah, it, it's interesting because there were there were so many different dynamics going on at the point in which that draft took place, and it was right before Thanksgiving. It was in the pandemic. I mean, this was the November eighteenth draft, not the typical Clay had June, gone down June twenty third draft, and and yeah, a lot of the lead up to that was. You know, yes, you knew Anthony Edwards, at that point, was going to Minnesota number one overall. and and Wiseman, seemingly, via a lot of the reporting, had moved ahead of LaMelo in the in the warriors' eyes. But but as of that day, right up until that afternoon, that was when Clay Thompson and the Achilles injury popped up. It was literally that afternoon. And so there was a lot of question, do the Warriors change course now because Clay Thompson, in all likelihood, is sustained? another year long or what wound up being about a 14 month injury from the time that he injured it to the time he was able to come back. And it was, you know, do you, do you reverse course? Do you change? If you were going to go Wiseman, do you now go Lamelo because you're not going to have clay, you pair him with Steph, who's coming back. And then you figure out what you've got. The other part to it was Jordan Poole it Wasn't Jordan Poole yet. And at that point, It was the Jordan Poole that, remember, was burning out his key card at the facility during COVID when nobody was allowed in the building. And maybe he wasn't supposed to be in the building, but he was sneaking in the building because he wanted to get shots up and work on his game and and really try and, and improve. But this was even before Poole had gone to the G League and that, that famous stint in the G League where he dominated and then came back and, and assumed a role at the end of that uh, season, which the Warriors lost in, in the play-in tournament and ultimately were eliminated by Memphis. So there were a lot of things we know now about the Warriors that we didn't necessarily know on that day where they had prepared in all the lead-up to to take Wiseman over ball.
3: Uh, to me, at all it really was a simple thing. It came down to... Do, who do you want on the ball? Like, you know, when they when the Warriors had Monte and Steph, Monte, despite being a two guard, was on the ball quite a bit um, and didn't play. It wasn't your, your typical, your prototypical off the ball two. So you had Steph then coming in as a point. He was going to play on the ball. To me, it was really hard to go towards LaMelo just because you LaMelo didn't have any ability to play off the ball. So if you were going to, so basically to draft him would be to take the ball out of Steph Curry's hands and make him play off the ball, and that just seemed, that seemed uh, like a non-starter. So I think that's why I kind of lean towards Wiseman, and I I won't, you know, I don't know that. You know, the, you know, it's it's it, this this story has not been written yet. I mean, we're James Wiseman is not what he's going to be, uh, and I think it's always easier for for guards, you know, backcourt guys to transition to the NBA than than the big men with all of the footwork and the, all the all the moves that you have to have inside, all that goes into that. I just think it's. Um, it takes a little bit more time as a big man. And I think we should just kind of, you know, we got to be patient. I, ultimately, that's the solution with James Wiseman. I think they got the right guy. And I know that's hard to say now because been has gotten to a certain point. But I do believe the Warriors will be vindicated in time. How much time is the question?
2: Yeah, and I mean, you look at at, at Lamelo, and you go back through, you know, fifty-one games in the the seventy-two game season that that he played, and ended up starting thirty-one of them. He did play seventy-five uh, of the eighty-two last year. Was an All Star last year. Averaged twenty points a game. I mean, that's where it looks like, wow, this you know, this kid something special. And yeah. then he's been hurt this year. Only played. 10 games to this point out of, what, 34, 35. So I think that's been a little bit of a problem throughout the course of his career to this point has been some of the injuries, the dynamics in play. I think there was a little bit of a of a, you know, Steph is the the system and is the franchise and is the face. And I'm not saying this necessarily impacted the decision to not take LaMelo Ball, but I think and you know, Lavar Ball, his dad had said, you know, he's not a big fan of Steve Kerr. Didn't necessarily want him to come to Golden State because I think he wanted his son to be the premier face of a franchise that wasn't going to be ha- be happening here. Would would there be you know something to Jordan Poole's growth being stunted by the fact that that Lamelo Ball is here? It would have been really strange because I think he would have ended up starting alongside Steph Curry because Clay Thompson was out that year. Then what does he become a bench player at that point? Do, do, you look to do something different with Andrew Wiggins because you want to get the three guards in the lineup, and then you've got Poole on top of that with Clay looming a year down the line. Like it, it, it is. There's just a lot to sort through uh, when you look at at the evaluation. Now, I think if if you think Lamelo Ball was the better player, like, I think the Warriors do believe that that they thought Wiseman was was the better player. Like it, it wasn't in my mind, and and because we always have this debate right around drafts. Do you go for the position of need versus the the best? overall talent. I think the Warriors believed that, that Wiseman was the best overall talent, but then that begs the question now looking back on it, was that a mistake? I guess you're saying we don't really know as of yet, but I, the one thing I will say, I think the Warriors believed Wiseman would be farther along. And some of that's injury, some of that's just the, the lack of being able to get on the floor consistently, but it's also at times just looked like not the best fit with Steph and not the best fit with Draymond, which if you can't play with those two, it's hard to play with the Warriors, period. Well, I mean, the Warriors have such high basketball
3: intellect as a group that if you come in and you're raw and you need development in that area, you're going to look like a fish out of water. And that's exactly what it looks like with James Wiseman. You know, he there's just so much development that needs to go on there uh, that he just looks... They you know they're worse with him. Steph's worse with him. The you know the Warriors are a worse team with him rebounding defensively, offensively. I mean, it, it but you have to it was the long-term play. And it's funny cuz a lot of the uh, 49er comparisons get made between Trey and yeah. and James Wiseman and yet I see the Warriors in a unique position because the NBA regular season is eternal. And there's tons of minutes to go around, and I just think that it's just there's you can develop um, a James Wiseman in season, even though they've struggled with it thus far. I think it can be done. I don't know that it can be done in in the NFL. Like if you get a super yeah. raw guy. I mean, when are the like the Niners not, were going to try with right. Trey this year? Right, the way it looked, and it wasn't going to work. Why? Because the fans weren't going for it, the players weren't going for it, and the coaches weren't going for it. Then I don't know who's left, you know. And after it got that.
2: off to a bad start in Chicago. It got off to
3: a bad start. I'm not. I don't think. I think Trey will develop. I really have great thoughts about where he's going to wind up. But it's the NFL regular season. You only have like you know what, two, three, four games max to kind of play around with. Then it's time to win. Or or, and you got a team like with guys like Trent Williams on it, and you know guys who are veterans who aren't going to have that many great years ahead. You know, you had to kind of go for it this year. So I think the Niners are having a hard time, even if Trey had stayed healthy, they would have had a hard time keeping him on the field and winning games while developing him. Well, I think the Warriors, it doesn't really matter. For me, I would say after watching the Warriors against the Celtics and watching the Warriors on Christmas Day against Memphis... I would get into the. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter that the Warriors are terrible on the road. It just doesn't matter that they don't look good uh, every night right now. It doesn't matter that they're that they don't look great in December because the game they won't get decided until May, and you got just so much. You got an eternity between now and then to get better. So I'm not. I have no concerns about Golden State because I'm looking at those teams in the West and JD. I don't believe in any of them. I don't believe in Memphis, don't believe in Phoenix, don't believe in Denver, don't believe in Dallas. As far as can any of those teams beat Golden State in a
2: seven-game series, I wouldn't bet on it. I I think where it becomes problematic and where I would disagree with you a little bit is I I do think you got to win enough games to to at least you know comfortably get into the playoffs like to me you don't want to be in a position you want to be top four i I, want to be top i want to be at least top six i i ultimately want to be top four yes i want to be top four if it ends up being because of circumstances top six i think you can make a run there although you're not going to have home court advantage against anybody And, and to me it's more the cumulative than can they beat any of these teams like i think they could beat memphis in a series i think they kind of showed it again the other night on Christmas that they got a little something on Memphis when they ramp it up to the to the best of their abilities, even without Steph and even without Wiggins. I mean, that was, that was a, a statement, I think, to the Grizzlies. Like, hey, you don't want the smoke. Right. Even, though, even though you run your mouth like you want nothing but the smoke, you don't want the smoke because we've got a level that you guys can't reach. To me, it would be the cumulative, though, of can you beat Memphis and then beat Phoenix and then beat Denver and then beat Milwaukee or Boston or Brooklyn or whoever ends up coming out of the, of the Eastern Conference. So to me, it's more all without home court advantage. And I know the Warriors have won a road game in every playoff series over the last decade that they've played in. With Steph and Klay and, and Draymond, that gets brought up every year. They've won at least one road game in every single playoff series. If you don't have home court advantage, though oftentimes that means you have to win two road games because you might slip up one at home or or you're 1-1 coming back, a team gets one. And you know typically you're, you're not as buttoned up of a team uh, and that puts you in a position where you're a little bit more vulnerable. So you almost might, in some of these, have to win a couple of road games. And I think that's where, that's where you're playing longer series. And the Warriors really made, hey, last year, I thought a big understated reason as to why they were able to win the championship last year, you beat Denver in five, you get a little bit of a rest to lead up to the Grizzly series. You win that in six; it was hard fought. But then Dallas ends up being the team you play. You get rid of them in five, and you get that week to lead up to the final. Like I think the little breaks after that first series and after that conference final series, as opposed to having to go six, seven, six, seven, like that, takes a toll over a playoff with it with an older squad. So, I, I as far as the seeding and all that, to me, it's important. You don't want to be fighting uphill. Uh, and that's why I think this homestand is important, and that win on Tuesday was important, and tonight's important for the, for the Warriors to bring it. Like I, I kind of need to see a, a six, five, six win homestand to to just get back over five hundred and feel a little bit better about where things are headed as far as them having a shot to make that run once Steph is back.
3: Okay, so you can't have both. You you, you got yeah. you got the six seed. Uh, you know, if you, would you rather be a six seed? but you got your rotation and you're playing well going in, or would you rather be, uh, you know, an eight seed? You know what I'm saying? I want the six. I want the six. But I'm just saying, would you rather have, you know, you can get into the playoffs. To me, it's not about the seeding. It's more about the rhythm, the, the rotation, and their health. If the rotation's playing well and it's ironed out, if they're playing in good rhythm and they're healthy, when the playoffs start, Five, six, seven, eight. I, don't, I'm, I think this team can go through any any seeding in the West. Even if you're playing elimination games right off the top, it's not ideal. But I. But if the choice was that, or you aren't entering the playoffs, I, I could say you were the two seed. But your rotation's not set. You're not healthy, and you're not playing particularly good ball at the end of the year. I'd rather be a six seed and have my rotation be set, have my, you know, be healthy and be kind of starting to gel as a team then be a higher seed but i don't have
2: those things going on the irony is the the warriors kind of had that last year they were the three seed but they had been pretty bad in the second half and injured and banged up and nobody knew knew what the rotation was going to be it was a new team hey what can wiggins do in the playoffs what can pool do coming off the bench and and then they lock in against denver and they just hit the ground running really all the way up until the, the really all the way up until the fifth game against memphis when they got blown out but they were already up 3-1 so it didn't really matter and then they come back and they close that so like they were were on cruise control against denver to take the 3-0 lead and and yeah there were a lot of uh, there was a lot of question and and worry and doubt about that i think this team's a little different. like we saw last year even before clay came back that the pieces fit and that they had enough of a veteran presence with Otto Porter, with Gary Payton II, even Bealiza here and there, where you saw what the high end could be. It, you know, in a blink, you never saw it with all this, but, but you never worried about Clay, Steph, and Draymond together, right? Because you knew they they had it locked in from from champions past. But the rest of it, you really didn't know. And they flipped the switch, and they were the three seed, but didn't you know, there were all these questions and, and it and it ended up working out for him. I, I think I would prefer to be in that position. Whereas now you're you're looking at all the young players and what can they do. And it really, you know, the biggest takeaway for me off of Sunday was the young players actually contributed against a good team in a win, which I mean I think you could count the number of times on one hand, maybe on a couple of fingers that's, that that's happened.
3: Oh, it's it's hugely important too to J D because I yeah. mean, I don't think they can get there. If Wiseman, Moody, Kuminga are all basically total zeros come the playoffs, they somebody of, of those three guys, and I, mean, I probably should throw Baldwin in there because I think Baldwin's got an incredibly refined looking shot. I, I thought his the, the watching the ball come off of his hand, he's just got he's such- skilled. He's got a great outside shot, so maybe he works his way into the rotation. I just think some of the, they got five young guys, five relative babies on this team. They got to get a couple of them in the rotation on a regular basis. Now, that being said, I don't have any real respect for any of these teams out West, though I did see Dallas the other day. And Dallas is a lot better team than the team that the Warriors beat last year in the playoffs. Because now they got Tim Hardaway's kid, and he's healthy, and they had him last year, but he wasn't healthy. Um, but to me, getting Christian Wood, yeah. you know, big man who can run the floor, who can shoot the ball from outside, that's a really nice piece. Dallas just, to me, looks a little bit better, um, you know, actually quite a bit better than what I remembered them Last year in the playoffs, though, there were people that thought that Dallas was going to upset the Warriors in the playoffs. Steiny, <laughs> Steiny, uh, no, but but I mean, some people say Denver would be the team they fear. I kind of fear Dallas.
2: I kind of fear Dallas. Yeah, I think Denver would be a team I would fear more if I was more confident in Jamal Murray coming back off the ACL. I mean, there's nights where he just looked tremendous. There's nights where he's looked like a guy coming off an ACL. Still, that that's not quite. As dynamic as he would be had he not sustained that injury, I mean, Jokic is is out of this world as always. And Michael Porter Jr. is kind of a you know he's he can shoot it and fill it up, but he's not a great defender. I, I I'm a I'm a Denver, Aaron Gordon. I'm How a, about Aaron Gordon and, on Christmas? Yeah, unbelievable. No, he's and, that was unbelievable. They're a well coached team, obviously with with Michael Malone. I'm a huge Michael Malone guy, so I, th- I think Denver would be that team potentially that might be the natural you know team that's on the ascent as far as having all of their their young guys kind of you know going through the process of you know hey you make it first round second round conference finals and now, you know now it's time to to maybe yeah. make the jump memphis we'll see they run their mouth so much i mean the warriors would want to take them out the clippers we'll see i'm kind of with you on dallas they were a slow starting team last year they really lingered around 500 throughout the first half and then the second half they got it together and were playing really good basketball into the playoffs, and they were able to to make a run. So I, I think that's a team to keep an eye on. I, I just want to avoid the dreck of the play in tournament and these one and done yeah. games. Yeah. Like I, I'm almost with you, where I I can give on the home court advantage. And say, all right, it doesn't have to like even home court in one series. I think makes a big difference. I thought you meant top four, but you're you're, yeah. you're basically saying top six. Yeah, I mean, I'll give on that. I, I really want top four, but I think there's a a significant difference between top six, given yeah. how you know jumbled up it is. I mean, I mean, you said it. I mean, if you're playing, if the Warriors were six and they're playing Memphis at three in the first round, because here's the other part of playing a team in the first round, you're not going to be tired. At that point, like you would be if you were playing them in a conference finals. Like sure. I, I would if I were the Grizzlies, I'd much rather play the Warriors in the conference finals where they had already had to play a couple of series as the younger team. If that's a first round series, you're going to get in all likelihood a relatively fresh Warriors team like somebody else may get them down the line because of what you took out of them. But they may still beat you if if you're Memphis. And, and obviously, you know, that would be something the Warrior fans would truly, truly enjoy.
3: Well, you know, and then I kind of wonder what is Golden State going to look like in the playoffs this year without without Peyton? Just because he was that defensive stopper. And I don't know that they've got a player that, you know, I like DiVincenzo, but they're different. Yeah. He, He can't really replicate that stopper uh, mode that uh, that CP two offered, so we'll see, and then and then of course the trade deadline. Are the Phoenix Suns going to wind up with Kevin Durant? You know, what I mean, I mean that changes the dynamic. I mean, if suddenly Durant is in the West on the on the Suns, depending on what goes back in return. Uh, that could shake up the well, playoff and, picture and
2: honestly I mean I think that's you can the Suns are a team that could make a move I don't think it's going to be Durant though now because they've won nine in a row Brooklyn 22 and 12 they're all the way up to within two games of the top spot in the Eastern Conference they just beat Cleveland they've been playing excellent basketball they, they bottomed out about a month ago in Sacramento that TNT game where the Kings put what 150 points on them or something like that Yeah, and it was just embarrassing well since then I think they've lost I think they're 18 and three or something like that since since that game so they're they're playing much better basketball and and, and are all the way up to third so I don't think Durant uh, at this point is is going anywhere eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero John Dickinson and Larry Kruger, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. That's uh, the number to give us a call or shoot us a text. Xfinity mobile text line is always being monitored in here uh, by by the both of us. You got you got your heckler. You find your heckler today? <laughs> Not yet, but I'm sure there'll be one. I, I'm sure there'll be. Away, yeah. uh, I'm sure, there'll be a few of them, and uh, I, I want to come back to the the Wiseman Lamelo conversation yeah. as well, just a little bit, because I I think. Some would be quick to say, hey, the Warriors made a mistake. Like, how can you not say the Warriors made a mistake? Wiseman's barely done anything. Lamelo is an all-star last year. And really the only thing that's kept Lamelo down at all has been injury in that first year and this year to this point. But there's something to be said, and we can get into this coming back. There's something to be said for the Warriors won a title without him. And, like, in the sense that if you win a title with a guy that obviously was too injured to play last year. Like you can't really call it a mistake if you're you know what I mean? If you're if you're good enough to withstand not having him. Like there's nothing that says they're automatically a better team than a team that won the title if they yeah. had LaMelo ball. In there the was mix. a parade. Like you they won I mean? so- an NBA championship and it basically it was I mean James Wiseman didn't play a second last year. So you get a little bit of you know more leeway to to work him back, obviously, and, and develop him. I do think that they thought he would be farther along and able to contribute more than he has. I think they thought more games like Sunday's game, where he's out there, he's rebounding, he's altering shots, you know, not trying to do too much. I think that was the template for all of the young guys, but especially Wiseman. I think they thought that they could have plugged him into ten to fifteen minutes a game with play like that, and it just hasn't happened to this point.
3: You know, you think about all the uh, the young, talented big men that have entered this league, and it's pretty rare that a young, talented big man goes to a title contender right out of the shoot. So that right there kind of complicated the equation. And, you know, in some ways, you look at that and you go, oh, it'll be great. You know I mean? How could it not work out? You, you already got a great team. You don't need much from him. But it's you, you've got a pecking order. You've got a way that you play. You've got a culture. You're not going to interrupt that culture for one player, and the development becomes complicated. But I always wonder about the off the field, off the court stuff with Lamelo. What if Lamelo wasn't on the ball? What if he was playing on the ball some of the time, off the ball some of the time, and then Lavar started barking about it to to Kerr, and you know, all of a sudden now you've got you've got this dynamic where you got Poole that plays best in the ball, Steph that plays best in the ball, and Lamelo who play best in the ball, best on the ball, and. They're all on the same team, and how does that work, and is LeVar chirping, is he going public, and what's the reaction? So, it would have been different, for sure. Um, LaMelo looks awesome, but all the other elements of it have to be factored in as well. No doubt,
2: and I think the Warriors would never admit this, but I, I do think they didn't want to deal with the LeVar ball component. I was with him. I was absolutely with him on that. So, yeah, we'll we'll get into it. We'll keep it rolling. 888-957-9570. He's Larry. I'm JD. The 95.7 The Game merch store is live. James and Concord. He ordered a relevant sweatshirt today. You can get yours now at 957thegameshop.com.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours now back to damon and
2: Ratto on 95 7 the game welcome back john dickinson and larry krueger sitting in for damon and Ratto here on a tuesday eight at 9570 888 Let's get to a quick text here on the Xfinity Mobile text line. Also, let everybody know we do have Peter King coming up as well at 3 o'clock. We'll, we'll switch gears. We'll get into some football. A lot to talk about with the 49ers as they gear up for the Raiders in Vegas on New Year's Day. Two seeds still in play for the 49ers. So, uh, all that's coming up here at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, but I wanted to get to this text on... The Warriors and Lamelo Ball as he comes in tonight with Charlotte, and of course going back to that 2020 draft where Wiseman was taken at two, Lamelo Ball taken at three, uh, and the nine two five just asking the question: Would would Lamelo Ball flourish with the Warriors? And the fact that that he wouldn't be starting over Steph and Clay. I know you've added Pool into that mix as well. Uh, another one is just getting into the the hey Lamelo. Thinking of the trade off of his offensive production being on the roster, but then maybe Poole's development isn't what it has become because of that. So I think, you know, just two different angles to the whole what if the Warriors had gone down the, the LaMelo route and how it would have, in that year leading up to the championship year, maybe changed the course of history.
3: Well, I, I think they would be better. Why? Because I think Camello's a, a baller. I mean, he, he can play. I you mean, think they win the title last year? Yeah, I think they probably do. Um, because well, I, I think Lamello would have given them another another ball handler. or would have freed, freed Steph up to play a little bit more off the ball. It wouldn't have looked the same. And there would have been challenges, as we mentioned, with Lavar and his personality. He's kind of bombastic, and he's verbal, and he's, he's out there. But... Wiseman gave them zero and LaMelo would have given them something. So I think that there's, I think you could say they would have won a title. It would have been different. Um, as, as far as I don't know that Jordan would be developing the same way. I think the Warriors, if they had LaMelo, would be probably, I mean, they're already one of the most fun teams in the league to watch, but I think they would be even more fun uh if they had Lamelo, because i think Lamelo would be throwing lobs and they would be all kinds of all kinds of open floor um you know sharing of the basketball
2: uh i don't know that his dad would have been happy though because i don't think he would have played as much how, how do you think they handle the Steph and, and Lamelo have played together for you know the whole 2020 2021 season and then the first couple of months of of last season and then clay thompson's coming back and like if lamello's playing at a, You know, close to an all-star kind of a level alongside Steph. Because I I don't think there's any doubt those two would have been paired together because we didn't know who Jordan Poole was going to be at the point in which Lamella would have been drafted. So those two would have played together. They would have been the starting backcourt. They would have been the starting backcourt in all likelihood last year. How do you think that plays out where LaMelo's playing at a high level, Steph is obviously Steph, and then Klay Thompson's coming back?
3: I mean, I think ultimately— And Klay wasn't going to be coming off the bench, I'll say that. Everybody besides Kerr is a winner. You know what I mean? I think we would have won. I think the team would have won. I I just don't—I think Kerr's job would have become that much more difficult. If LaMelo had been here, um, because I think he would have had to figure it out, right? He would have had to somehow blend, you know, another guy with a
2: massive ego, but also with games. But is he as effective if he has to, you know, not because I think you could make the case that part of LaMelo's success is he is... The guy, there's no real expectations in Charlotte. He's one of the most popular players in the league. He's he can just do whatever he wants. If he wants to shoot it 20 times, he can. If he wants to be a facilitator, he can. If he wants to defend, he can. Like, and, and we know sometimes the Warriors' young players it takes him a minute to fit in. Even even the guards.
3: Yeah. No. I mean, it, that's what I'm saying. It would the the dynamic one. It would have been an awesome watch. But two, it it complicates things. It really does. And I think it would have been a huge challenge for Kerr and the coaching staff. And I think there would have been a lot of games where you're like, you know, uh where there things popped up because of you know usage and how the thing is blending together that would there would have been a whole gamut of other issues let's just say but i think they would have been an incredibly
2: fun team to watch it's interesting it it really is I, and especially 2 years ago i i think you know, last year when i look back and knowing what we now know about last year's team and how it all just came together and the pieces fit and jordan pool had developed to where he was awesome in the time that he filled in for Clay as the starter alongside Steph, averaging what 18, 19 a game. You know, coming off the before he was coming off the bench, but in that lineup and then and then shifts to the bench role, ends up starting at the at the end of the year. I, I just wonder, you know, now again knowing what we know about how that year played out, two years ago I'm with you. Two years ago the Warriors, you know. The building wasn't full because of COVID, and there was just a weird deal. You know, Kelly Oubre didn't fit, and Wiseman was playing a lot. And then he wasn't. And then he was, and he was hurt. And like that, that team was was the opposite of fun to watch for the most part. Other than Steph being incredible, you know, pretty much from the beginning of the year and holding them up to a point where they could get that that seven seed and go into the playing tournament. So I'm kind of with you on that, but I but I feel like the two years ago would have changed in some form or fashion the context of, of last year. And last year, it, I mean, last year was just perfect. The way what, it
3: all worked yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, how, I think another interesting angle on this thing is how would last year have gone if James Wiseman had not been hurt? would James Wiseman have just been sitting there DNP Steve Kerr's decision? I think so. Or would they have been trying to work him in? Would there been pressure to work him in or is he literally
2: just sitting on the bench? I think they at every opportunity that they had last year to be cautious with his injury or or push his return back or you know the the joke right was always well he's he's ramping up He's ramping up. Wiseman's ramping up. He's ramping up. He's he's ramping up to get back to practice. He's ramping up to get back to to maybe go get in, in some G League games. And, and I want to say he went to one or two G League games, and then there was some knee soreness that popped up, and he ended up having to have, what, another procedure. And then at that point it was, well, can he come back at the end of the year? And the Warriors just very early on at that point said, nope, he's not coming back. And I, I think at every point in which – because of the momentum that they had built up without him and knowing how it didn't really work with Steph and didn't really work with Draymond from the year before, I think they used the injury as a means to protect him, obviously, first and foremost, because you didn't want him to to be in a position where he was hurt for this year when you truly wanted to try and develop him. But I, I think they took every turn they could, to to use the injury as a means to just kick the can down the line as far as when he had to try to even be integrated into the mix because they they frankly didn't want to deal with it they had too good of a thing going with what they had and he and, made him worse and there and he made him worse because he made and and there was data from the year before that would tell you he made him worse and you don't want to he did I don't think Steve Kerr and the Warriors organization wanted to deal with the fact that there might be pressure to play James Wiseman. So they just took it off the table and used the injury concern as a reason, hey, we're, we're doing what's best for the kid. He's young, he's got a long way to go. We're going to make sure he's absolutely healthy before he gets out there. Well, I mean,
3: it, it really is interesting because it makes you wonder, would he have gotten some run in the playoffs at all? or would they had, had you know come to their evaluation that you know what, we'll, 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 t- we'll shelve this until next year? And then would that have changed the vibe? if you, you know, it's one thing to be sitting there rooting on your teammates because you're not healthy and they are and you're making a run at a title. It's a different thing if you're healthy and ready and they're not using you, that would have changed the whole dynamic. So I you know, I, I, I tend to think that they would have gotten it done last year. But it would have changed things. And if they had tried to attempt to play him throughout the playoff run, that would have changed things as well. And who's to say
2: that it would have been changed for the better? I I don't think he would have played at all. I I think if he had come back in the playoffs, I think if he had been able physically to come back in March, let's say, I think it would have been similar to the way it was at the beginning of the season. Let's say those first 10 games or so before he got sent out, I think they would have tried to carve out, five minutes a half for him just to see how it goes, to to get his feet wet. You know, at that point they were banged up, so they didn't have the full team. You know, the, the team that had gone forty one and thirteen at the beginning was wasn't the team that they were playing at that point. So I think they they could have got him a little bit of run, but had it played out like those first ten games had played out, I think they, they either would've shut him down due to injury at that point You know, just come up with something. Maybe he would have gotten hurt. You know, at that point, or they just would have said, "Hey, he's a youngster. He's a DNP. We've got other players that are that are capable of 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 getting after it." One
3: thing I want to see the rest of this year is I want to see him with the Warriors, not in the G League, and getting some run nightly, um, and and improving, and and working towards becoming. Um, you know who knows the eighth guy or the ninth guy in the rotation, but in the rotation, because I think when you look at when you look at the finals and you're sitting there, is, is it going to be Boston? Is it going to be Milwaukee? Um, you may, you're probably going to need a little bit more size. You're probably going to need James Wiseman in some capacity. So, I'm that I'm glad that they've used the G League. It seems like the G League's been a positive. I loved what I saw from Brooklyn, but they got destroyed in that game. Yeah,
2: it was that, the quintessential:
3: Hey, Wiseman's got thirty, and you're down forty. Like, but even that was a positive because, you know what, without that game, if if they ever get to a point this year where they just make the evaluation, you know what, we're going to try to trade James. Because there's all kinds of rumors around the league that the Warriors are going to make some combination of Kuminga, Moody, or Wiseman available to other teams at the trade deadline, and they're going to listen. Um at least, if he's got a couple of, even if they're in blowouts, if you got a couple of of games in your game log that show that you had thirty points, yeah. at least I think that helps his trade value on some level. You guys got, still got to project, and the team trading firms going to have to project, but at least there's something to look at. Um, and maybe, I, I think it ups this value. I really do.
2: 888-957-9570. He's Larry Kruger. I'm John Dickinson. We're in for Damon Rado here on this Tuesday afternoon. Let's uh, go to the phones. Let's get Dave in Fremont in here uh, on the phone lines at 95.7 The Game. What's going on today, Dave?
1: Hey, guys. Uh, happy holiday season. Thank you for taking the call. Yeah. But uh, I am calling a little bit disgruntled today. I, why is everybody so polarized on James? I don't get this, man. He's a twenty-year-old. I'd like to see you guys get in the on the court and score thirty against a uh, uh, half of what Brooklyn is at the moment. They're really good players. And to score thirty is an achievement. Someone was looking for him in the paint, so he made shots. That's what you're supposed to do. Then the next day, oh, playing within what he's supposed to play. What do you mean? Why are you setting up these these uh, you know confines for? Oh, he's got to play within his his given you know a moment. Like that's horrible. You guys are like totally cutting him down. Don't do that. This guy's growing. He's an uncut gem, and he has the ability to change the dynamic of the Warriors because we need someone to throw to in the middle. We need a big man, and he is growing into a man. He's starting to get hair on his face, thank goodness. And now right. he's going right, to grow Thank, and get thanks, better, Thanks, Dave, Dave.
2: We'll let it,
3: We'll let you go on that. I, no, I go ahead, Larry. I'm, I'm not cutting him down at all. No, I mean I, I, I like the guy. Um, I think he's a tremendous prospect. It's just a matter of can you do two things, right? Can you win the games and also develop them? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm JD and I don't view this the same way. I don't think NBA regular season matters at all, and I think the Warriors, with all their experience, can win the title out of any seed. In the and that in that yeah, includes seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't care if you're in the play-in tournament. Right. This Warrior team has been there. Everybody else, it's like the map for the gold. The Warriors have a, the map, and everybody else is just kind of walking around. You know, the Warriors know exactly how much energy energy needs to be expended. How much do you need in the tank? They know how to get to the finish line. Everybody else is just kind of like, well, we're hoping to play well enough, and we think we're pretty good, and we're, we'll have to see. The Warriors. Know how to get to the finish line. So when you have that knowledge, I think that's a massive advantage. And I, I'm not afraid about winning. You know, I'm not afraid if I'm a Warrior fan, and I am, from being the four seed, the one seed, the eight seed, the 10 seed. Just get in. Just get in. You can't obviously win the title if you're not in the playoffs. Just get in, especially, and I, I totally go agree with J- J- what JD's saying. I'd rather be a higher seed But when we look at how bad the Warriors have been on the road, I mean, just destroyed in some of these games, non-competitive. And then you look at the way they played Boston. They really they circled the wagons somehow. Yeah. They get Memphis. They were huge underdogs on Christmas. They circled the wagons. They didn't have their two best players, in my opinion, right. on the floor, and they still beat Memphis. So they know how to how to turn it up. They know the level they need to get to. They know how, where the gold is. So I'm not worried about this. I to me, I agree with the caller. I would rather see the Warriors develop their young guys, all five of them, but you know at least two or three of them this year. Um, and then, not—I don't care about the seeding. It doesn't matter to me what seed you are. But get two of those young guys in the rotation playing well. If they get to the playoffs with two of those young guys in the rotation playing well, my only question, JD—I think they rampage the West. It's Boston or Milwaukee. Sure, they're going to go to the finals. Can they beat Boston? Can they beat Milwaukee? That
2: to me is the is the question of the entire season. Yeah, and I'd even throw Brooklyn in there as well. With as well as they're playing Brooklyn. Yeah, that's because they, I mean, they've they're unbelievable the last month, month plus. They figured it out. They fired Steve Nash. It seems like Jacques Vaughn's got him going in a different direction. It seems totally. like Kyrie and Durant are are back in. Like, we they, they, we didn't know whether they wanted to play in a given night or not or whether they were locked into what Brooks. is And they're still, volatile and awesome offensively. Yeah, they incre- exactly. That would be their downfall is they they may not be able to defend at a, at a championship level, but they at least are, are committed to playing every night, which yeah. is, is something that wasn't there before. Uh, the, I think you're spot on with if they definitely want one and I think is the one that they've circled as the guy that's got the best shot to, to be, to to be, in, the be in the rotation consistently and I think they like his athleticism his body type his ability to be a defender really and a rebounder but i think i think they have almost tried to to use him a little bit like they've used Gary Payton the second where offensively he's somebody that can you know shoot a corner three if the team leaves him open or you know get a dunk in the context of of the offense or get a little short post where you can you know put one move on and maybe get fouled right teams really have a hard time with it but i think they've told him do less offensively let the points find you in the context of what we're doing. Go hound a point guard. Go hound a wing. And just, you know, use your length, use your athleticism and 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 be more concerned about defense and rebounding as opposed to the offense and getting it out at the top of the key and putting it on the deck and trying to go buy somebody or shoot threes. And I think that over I think he struggled on the road trip, but prior to that, he had a good 5-6 game stretch where he was doing that. I thought he did that in the game on Sunday uh, in a big-time way. I think Wiseman, for the first time, Larry, on Sunday, 30-point game aside from Brooklyn, that that game on Sunday was the first time where it, Wiseman had that kind of game like they were looking for from Kaminga, where it was all of the other things. He gets out there eight minutes, he's got five boards. He didn't have a block, but he changed three or four shots. He didn't foul uh, like we've seen him foul when he's in those positions. It looked really for the first time defensively like he had a clue. The Warriors would tell you they don't want to throw it to him in the post and let him try to go to work and, and and operate because that right or wrong isn't their system, but they do think there are ways he can succeed. And, and I think the Memphis game is the template you know, far more than the Brooklyn game. The
3: only thing about Kuminga that worries me—I mean, he's an incredible athlete, maybe one of the best in the entire league—but um, it just doesn't bring it all the time. As no, far that's as, true. I mean, you know, I, I'm watching that Philly game, and I just looked it, up his. It happened was, on the road trip. Yeah, he had yeah you're right. Twenty nine minutes of game action against the Sixers he had no rebounds. Right. And that and that was the game no rebounds in 29 minutes. And when you're as athletic you're the most athletic guy in the entire floor, you play 29 minutes, you grab zero rebounds. That 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 can't happen and that happens too much. He's got to be You're right get your points in transition don't worry about you know the sh- you shooting the basketball defend defend with you know with aggression and rebound the
2: basketball but he doesn't necessarily do that all the time no there he does it in stretches typically when his minutes are taken away and and then it's for a couple of games and you everybody kind of wonders why but if you're paying attention like you are you know why and then he gets another chance and then for a 3-4 game stretch, he plays that way again. The Philly game was a turning point because he really didn't play well in the first half of the Indiana game when Steph got hurt before that. And he played better in the second half. The Philly game, he was a, a blank and really didn't have a great trip from that point on and, and started to maybe put it together a little bit again against Memphis. There's always this constant, he plays three or four games where he does it the way the Warriors want to do it. And it's almost like he gets a little content and a little lackadaisical and and doesn't bring it in the way that they want him to. So they got to sit him down for a couple of years. And that, if, if that's an issue consistently, then he's not going to be somebody that's going to be trusted in a playoff series to play significant minutes. And if he's not, that's when the Warriors have to start to look toward, well, maybe they do need another wing It'll, off the roster to come in and, and play some minutes because... You can't wonder what you're going to get from a young player on a night in night out basis in a, in a playoff series, especially a playoff series where you're in all likelihood to be the underdog a couple of times, you know, as the lower seed having to win games on the road. Let, let's sneak in a couple of calls here yeah. before the top of the hour. We get to Peter King uh, at eight at eight, nine, five, seven, nine, five, seven, zero. Let's go to Steel Toe in milbray What's going on, Steel Toe? Uh, thank you, J.D. Thank you, Larry. Yeah, I I, I kind of disagree. I
4: I don't really see Wiseman and Kaminga helping. I don't think they're help. They can help even as good as JTA and Bielitsa. Like right now, if they went to the playoffs and played Denver, Nikola Jokic will go right through Wiseman and Kaminga like hot knife through butter. And and they, I don't think we appreciate. How well did JTA and, and, and Bielitsa play defense and rebound and how good they were in passing the ball to the shooters. And and these young guys can't do that. I, I was hoping Bob Myers would try to figure something out, but I, I don't think he's going to bring in any any savvy veterans that will that be like JTA and Bielitsa and these young guys are going to tire out the starters in the playoffs. Uh, thank you.
2: Yeah, thanks. for That ultimately could be the, the Warriors' demise in this thing. I think that's that's definitely a, a possibility. The other just real quick thing about the roster composition, the Warriors do have an open roster spot. And not to get too bogged down in, in Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb, who have played, played well. They played well this last game. And played well the last game and have, have helped the Warriors in some games. You know, If you can, you can convert one of them to a regular contract to make them eligible for the playoffs. If you convert, you can't convert both unless you cut somebody or unless somebody is off the roster or or traded away. And and not really a conversation for now. But if you're looking to add from the outside and you feel you also need to convert both guys or even one guy. You have to take something away from the from the roster, and and obviously a trade you'd be taking something off the roster. But there is a little bit of gymnastics with the with the fifteen and the plus two as far as the two ways go that you'd have to maneuver.
3: Yeah, and then the and then we don't know exactly who's going to show up on the buyout market. You know, right? And and to me, the guy that I'm kind of keeping my eye on on the buyout market because I think he would just be an awesome addition for Golden State is Vucevic. Oh now, wow. Hiveusovich yeah. is maybe if he's a, if he's bought out, he might be the best guy in the history of the buyout market, right? Jaden, I mean, this guy can shoot the rock. He's but he's borderline all star. Didn't he, didn't he play in an all star game at some point? He may for Orlando. I think he may have. Yeah, Vucevic can flat out shoot it with range, and he's a veteran. And if the Bulls are going to buy him out, man, that that guy. Could absolutely make a huge difference. I kind of agree that uh, Wiseman will struggle with Jokic, but everybody's going to struggle with Jokic. Um, my, my thing with Kuminga is I would sh- I would show him on the ball defenders of yesteryear. Yes. Show him Rodman. Show him Michael Cooper. Show him guys who are just harassing guys on the perimeter and just say do that. Do that the rest of the year, and I don't do. And you do anything else besides that, it's it's gravy. Just start locking guys down because he's got the athleticism. If he committed to it, to do it.
2: Let's uh, get Mike in San Jose in here uh, on ninety five seven. The game. Hey, Mike, you're on with JD and Larry. Hey,
4: fellas, how's it going? So good. I've seen this movie before, and um, I don't know why. I guess you could say um, the new Warrior fan, the the new fan base. They're, they're over here crying and, oh, we're losing <laughs> these games and this and that. You know what? Like last year, after the All-Star break, I'm pretty sure the Warriors were getting touched up. And I remember all the fake fans crying and saying, oh, no, look, we're losing to this team. We're losing to that team. If this team hasn't proven to everybody by now that they could just flip the switch and they could do their thing, I mean, I don't understand what everybody's what, he's, what everybody's crying about. We we are not going to get anything close to to the number one or number two seed. The Warriors are looking to creep into the playoffs and then they're going to run the table. And that's just how it is. They know what time it is. I'm just, I'm a real original Warrior fan. I see this. I see the way they're playing possum. They played everybody last year. They're playing everyone again this year. They're only five, seven, what? Five to eight games out of first place. All it takes is for them to go on the run at the end of the season, win nine games in a row, eight games in a row. Next thing you know, they're a three or a four seed, and then everybody's praising the Warriors, talking about how great they are.
2: Thanks, Mike. Let's let's jump in right there because we're, we're up against it a little bit. Look, last year they were forty-one and thirteen. Like we knew they had a forty-one and thirteen in them. We knew they had an eighteen and two in them. We don't know that about this team. There's different players on this team. They can flip the switch to a certain extent. Is it a level to get them all the way to a title? That's that remains to be seen.
3: Yeah, last year they did it. I I think the caller's right, but I would just say that. Some they're gonna have to get something out of the kids. You got five guys, I think, on this roster that are 22 or younger. A couple of those guys have to be good, con- uh, consistent members of the rotation for them to get it done.
2: All right, one hour in the books, we got three hours to come. Peter King joins us next as we are presented by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises.